Oh, hey, you caught me in the middle of something. This is Joe Rio from the band Hidden in Plainview, and you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 182 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business who just celebrated a birthday, Sam Matura. It's pizza time. Oh, nice. Uh, I, uh, I'm i happy to say that we we announced it on our face. Not announced. We wished you a happy birthday on our Facebook page, but I haven't said it to you yet over the phone. So happy belated, man. Oh, I appreciate it. You know, just a useless age of 31. Yeah, we're the same age now. Yeah. Oh, for another what? Month and Two, one day. Weeks? Month and one day. Month and one day. As we were recording this on April 16th, 2020, we're getting back to normal with the amount of news. Uh, it's... It's not just this is canceled and that is canceled. We actually have things to talk about again. Things are getting announced. Things are getting re-release dates. And um, so we're we're getting back into the swing after some slower weeks. We're still doing the show remotely for the time being. And, and quite frankly, we don't know when that will change. <laughs> we have no idea. Um, but it's worked so far. As I go back and listen to the episodes and listen to the feedback from our listeners, they don't seem to mind it. So happy to, to say at least we can still do a show. Yes, thankfully. Um, so, yeah, like I said, back to normal uh, from a from a length standpoint, from a story standpoint. we got a lot to talk about tonight. Our picks of the week will lead it off. It's three for me, one for Sam in our trivia race to 11, win by two. Sam will start in gaming. He's got some Final Fantasy VII remake impressions, among other things. Uh, we'll go to movies with the review for Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. Uh, and then my favorite movie of all time is getting a pretty cool thing the day you're listening to this podcast, or at least Friday the 17th. So looking forward to that in TV, Sam. Uh, a long-standing rumor has come true for Sam and the Justice League Dark, so we'll talk about that. Like legit just dropped 30 minutes ago. Uh-huh. A bunch of stories in the music section, uh, and then we'll go over to other where WWE unfortunately had some budget cuts that we need to talk about. Sam will take back over for his CGC spotlight after we do the wait is the hardest part. Uh, and then we'll get <laughs> get on out of here. Uh, so we'll start off by saying next week uh, we are going to record a day early. We're going to do, I think it's 422, uh, 423 maybe. I can't remember. But it'll be next Wednesday. We'll, re- we'll be recording, not Thursday. So uh, any news stories that drop next Thursday will be on episode 184. So episode, three, episode 183 will be a day early because it's the NFL draft on Thursday. And I want to watch it. Yeah, you deserve that much. Yeah, I'm actually doing a (laughs) reunion show with an old show that I used to be on. Oh, we're going to get to not get together in person. We're going to get together over Twitch. Yeah, I, I, I saw the Twitter tease. (laughs) Yeah, so War Room Philly, shout out to those dudes. I did that show, which I did my good deed. Our good buddy Pino hit me up uh, yesterday or the day before. He had a flat tire on 95. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so you know, me, I had to bring, I had to bring a, a lift and then. We get there. The tool he have doesn't even fit the goddamn wheel. Then I had to call freaking Blaine to bring his freaking tool to get the damn wheel off. You, you're I was a good like, Samaritan. holy shit. Good, hey, good Samaritan. I, really, I ain't going to leave my boy on the side of the 95. During a pandemic. Crazy. Hey. I mean, can't leave your friends. Always, guys, look out for your buddies. I mean, yeah. So uh, it, it's it's Anthony Pino, Keith Malashevsky. They do War Room Philly. I did that show for four years. I'm um, actually Anthony. And I created that show. 
I'll be jumping back on. We're going to do an NFL draft uh, watch-along party. So if you're sports fans, check out at War Room Philly for more details on Twitter or their Twitch, uh, which is twitch.tv slash War Room Philly. Check out my Twitter at Greg Talks a lot. There will be details on there and links and shit to watch us. We're going to get the band back together for the first time in, I want to say, four years. I haven't done their show since before you and I started this show. So it might even be five years. Since I've been on the war room, long so time coming. Then. I, I you, left. You the were show. due for a little reunion. Yeah, I left the show uh, in 2014. I did one episode in 2015 from our first apartment, and then I haven't been back on since. So looking forward to doing that. That's at War Room Philly. Do an NFL draft watch party if you're interested. And also, we're doing the episode early next week because we have an interview. Uh, we said, "Hey, no more interviews." That's probably not true anymore. Uh, we're gonna have on. Uh, Patrick Williams, the lead singer of House and Home. There, I actually had them as my pick of the week a couple weeks ago, and I talked about a couple of their or their new record. I'm sorry, so that new record is actually coming out today, the day you're listening to this podcast. Um, feel sense or find sense, feel love, make light. Uh, that comes out today, and we'll have the lead singer of the band on next week for a short interview that I'm psyched about. So uh, we're we're gonna have that, and it's gonna be a lot of fun as we try to figure out how to do interviews over the phone. Hey, if there's a will, there's a way. We'll figure it out. Oh, you had to sneak in a will away there. It's my fave. I love you for it. Right. All right, Sam. Let's do our picks of the week. I'm psyched as shit to talk about mine, but I'm going to probably more excited than I maybe ever have to talk about a pick of the week. But I'm going to silence it. I'm going to hold it in for just another minute or two, and I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So I think it was earlier in the week. I think you put on the week pod story that you were watching Roni Kenshin, the animated series. So I said, hmm, I've been wanting to start that series. But before I do that, let me watch the trilogy of the live action Roni Kenshin. First one, Roni Kenshin Origin, then Kyoto Inferno, and The Legend Ends is the last one. I think that they do some of the best action that we just don't do over here. Some of the sword, the sword styles, the sword fightings they do. I, I've never seen them come over here. Like, unless Jet Li's doing it, it's not done. It's, it's to me, if you watch the anime or read the manga, you'll absolutely love the live action. But if you've never seen it and watched it, I think you're going to look at it and it might be like, why is it a little bit so goofy? But you really have to understand the anime or, like I said, the manga to actually understand the story. Mm-hmm. But just the fights between Kenshin and Sojuro or Hajime Saito, uh, Makoto Sishio, Sonosuke Cigars, so are a lot of S's in here. Um, I watched it this time on the English dubbed version. And our boy Christopher Sabat, who does the, the voice of Vegeta for Dragon Ball Z, he was uh, Kenshin's master of, of Sojuro. So, like, that was pretty cool. Like, you could tell it was, like, the whole Funimation team doing the voice. It's like, oh, I know that actor. Oh, I know that actor. It's like, it, it's just funny that way. But I think if I watch it again, I'm going to just do the English subtitles. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't mind. That doesn't bother me when I watch movies. But I, I can't recommend it enough. And the reason that another reason why I wanted to watch this was that they filmed actually two more Roni Kenshin live action films. They were supposed to come out this year, 2020, um, like a few months apart. I don't know about the release date, obviously, with the virus. I'm sure it affected it somehow. But these two last will close out the live action trilogy of Roni Kenshin. And I can't freaking wait. It's one of my favorite animes of all time. I can't recommend the live action Roni Kenshin enough. Didn't they uh, release a trailer recently? Yeah, they released um, it was like a mini trailer for the first one. Was It's actually the first one was called Roni Kenshin final. And then the last film was called in the beginning. So they gave you a little tease of the fun of the final. So I, I'm just so excited. Even though it was only might've been 20 seconds, but 
I'm in. So I started the Roroni Kenshin anime and I didn't tell you how I felt about it. And I think you thought that was going to be my pick of the week. No, it, it, no, it was. And then, but the real reason now, I mean, you talked and then you said that it wasn't for you because I was going to have a backup pick of the week because I didn't want to do a double Roroni Kenshin pick of the week. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Yeah. It, I, I only watched two episodes, so it's not like I gave it a huge shake. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you barely you don't have your toe in it yet. Yeah. I, and I just, I couldn't get into it. I don't know. Maybe I just had other things on the mind. I really wanted to get back into some old games and I really wanted to start this other thing that I have for my pick of the week. And I got that accomplished and I caught up on better call Saul hundred percent. So like I'm a lot. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, even this last week's episode. So believe me after oh, the finale phenomenal. next week, after the finale next week, we're going to have our conversation. Um, on next Friday's episode, episode 183 spoiler cast for season five of better call Saul. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't, it didn't super connect, but my mind's a little clearer now. I have less anxiety about my backlog, so I'm not going to stop like I often do. I just, yeah. I'll give it a little bit more time, but I don't know. Right. It's not getting me yet. And again, it's, I think there's like 95 episodes, I think. So it, it, it's, it's daunting to start a series with that many episodes. You know what I mean? You know, you have to invest in that many hours. And I also, I do love period pieces and this does take place in not modern day. It takes place in, old old ancient history so yeah, which which i love it that's and it's appealing based, yeah. it's based on history a lot of you know like tensions based off um and like an assassin back in the day and like everyone here is based off somebody so yeah. like there's a truth like there's an like you know there's a splash of truth in it so it, it's just very interesting to me after my pick of the week we're going to do our top three which is top three movies that we didn't expect to love but did and I am telling you now that the movie that I'm about to talk about for my pick of the week did not make my list. A for variety's sake, because I'm just gonna, I'm going to talk about it now, and B because I just watched it. I don't feel like I can automatically just throw it at the top of my list when these other three movies probably hit me harder, longer that I loved, and they've had a little bit more time to marinate. So yeah, I was going to say my three. I've seen you know they've been out for a little bit, and I've seen multiple, multiple times. Yeah, I am. I, again, like I said, I haven't been this psyched to talk about a pick of the week for a while because, you know, <clears throat> I it's funny that you said you don't mind like subtitles and movies and, and neither do I because I absolutely love Parasite. All right. That's great to hear. Oh, great to hear. Dude. Oh, my. The hype is not only real and not only legit. It is so well earned. And this movie winning uh, the Oscar for Best Picture. Finally, the Academy got it right. It deserved it. It was amazing. That's great to hear. I, I still have yet to see it, obviously, or I'm sure it would have been my pick of the week also if you were this hype about it. They they dropped it on Hulu. We talked about it on 181 yep. last week, and I said, okay, this is the time. Like, I have no excuse now So I have because I have Hulu. So I dove in, and I got it done, and holy shit. It's like two hours. Um I heard the first hour was boring and then the last hour was insane. I actually completely – the, the, the last half hour is completely batshit nuts. But that didn't – to me, I actually almost was like, whoa. It just went from – what I actually enjoyed the shit out of the first half. Like that's what that's what I keep thinking about is the first half. I actually think about the first half of the movie more than the batshit crazy ending. And believe me when I tell you, the ending is batshit crazy. Yeah. It's – uh, it goes from a comedy to not so much very quickly. And I loved it um, for that. But I also like just the story of this family. And it's a great um, 
I guess not interpretation, but it's a great underlying message of social class. And it's a great reminder to like treat everybody with respect and doesn't matter wealthy, poor. And it's also just like really, really smart. Um, there is a scene. I will say there is a scene being the nitpick guy that I am that really, I was like, what? I let it go. But I was like, this is untrue. Uh, Cause I live in, in I've lived near grass. There's a scene where it rains like torrential downpour to the, to to the point where there's flooding, right? Okay, so it's not just a sprinkle. Okay? okay, the next afternoon, the next afternoon, they have a party on the lawn, and it's all grass. And I was just like, everybody would be in mud right now. That was like the yeah. only. That was the only thing where I was like, it, it, it took you out for a second, just You're a like, second. Right, let, me, let me adjust. Okay, yeah, just you. a second. And I will say this: the subtitles were actually really well done. I went and I looked up a translation to make sure that there wasn't any like creative liberties in the English sub. There was only two or three times where they strayed away from what was actually being said. And it was actually uh, purposeful. So it was, it was pretty neat to know that. And a lot of the things that the director, I think it was Boon, uh, Boon Jong Ho, I believe his name yep, is. Yep. It was. He, he did a, he dropped a lot of, lot of like cultural references, even for an American audience in there. And he did a great job with it. Um, the story it's Park. So plays the lead actress, the, the uh, daughter. She was my favorite part of the movie. Um, the son, I would say, is really the main character, even though the dad is the prominent figure on the movie poster. Um, and he definitely has a huge, huge storyline all the way through the movie, right up to the very, very end. So I just found that I think the story actually revolves around the son and his journey. And I don't want to give anything away. So believe me, I'm not going to spoil it. But um, to see where this family starts, to see where this family goes and to see where this family ends up and how they get there is fascinating the you i never got like distracted from the subtitles to where i couldn't also see what was going on in the movie they're subtle enough they're short enough they don't go on with these crazy long sentences where you have to read and read and read and you miss what's on the screen you can always keep up and even if you look away for a sec the story is so cohesive and it just kind of flows it's not predictable it's not predictable but it flows to a point where even if you miss a minute, I will say I missed a good 35 seconds at one point. I didn't even hit back. I was like, all right, I, I know where we're at. I got this. Okay, uh, that's, that's good to know. Yeah. There is an awkward pseudo sex scene, which makes me a little uncomfortable. It's super weird. I'll say that super, super weird. No nudity, but like super weird. Um, the comedy hit like crazy. Like I never thought I'd laugh at subtitled jokes. Shit was funny, <laughs> dude. It was super yeah. funny. The family just, the it's, a lot of it is comedy that's not spoken word. Like it's action comedy. If a character says like you smell bad, instead of the, the the guy who smells bad saying something back that's funny, he just subtly takes his shirt, slowly lifts it to his nose and sniffs. And you're just like, yeah. that's it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, so I loved that. Um, love the pacing. I loved the and it's free on Hulu. It's free on Hulu. Love the pacing. It doesn't ever feel boring to me. And there's actually, a little, I won't call it horror. I won't call it horror. There's two scenes that are legitimately creepy as all get out. Like, I mean, I, w- I would like to think so if it's called Parasite. It's not the type, yeah, but Parasite, it's not that type of Parasite. It's not an infection movie or like the host or court. It's not that type of movie. Parasite is actually a play on 
uh, social class, and you'll understand more about that as you watch the film. It's not like a monster movie. Yeah, because I, I haven't even seen the trailer, like, and, I, and I'm not going to. Like, I want to go in as blind as I possibly can. Yeah, it's really – it's just about a family and they're – So, ju- like, I ain't going to lie. I was trying to tune you out a little bit because I, I didn't want it fully – like, I really want to go in blind to see this. You And believe me when I tell you this, there, whatever I tell you, it's not going to spoil a damn thing. Like, okay. You, it's, it's really just about a family of four that's poor and their journey – through that that's it that's the best i can put it without okay. spoiling anything okay. um so it's not at all like a monster thing or anything like that gotcha, but there are gotcha, two gotcha. there are two scenes in it that legitimately creep the shit out of me and there's one image particularly that they actually sit on for like four or five seconds without moving that you can't get it out of your fucking head that's sitting with me in a bad way like yeah. i go to bed at night i open my eyes and i there it is and i'm like shit oh, you'll know what i'm talking about and i think anybody who's seen the movie will know what i'm talking about so um, I, I mean, I just can't gush about it again. It's a 10 out of 10 movie. Like this is a really, really good movie. Uh, that's good to hear that it actually deserved you know, the award. Yeah. The flaws are not to the point where you can, they, they're distracting or anything like that. Um, of course it's got flaws. Every movie does. And so I just, I just can't recommend it enough. Absolutely loved parasite. Go watch it now. It's free on Hulu. Sam, let's get into our top three movies. We didn't expect to love, but did. Okay, I'll start off. My number three, actually, I didn't see this in theaters just because I thought it was just going to be like a junk food piece of crap. And it was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Wow, good call. Yeah, and then I, I, I don't, I think I saw it on cable or, or, or whatever. And I was, let me check this out. And dude, I probably seen that movie over like forty times. I freaking love it. Like Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Vince Vaughn has a nice little role. I, I thought they had great chemistry, good action. I thought it was actually funny. And I, I, I fucking love the movie. <laughs> oh, God. I watched it once or twice and it, it didn't do much. I like Adam Brody. So oh, yeah, yeah. Adam Brody's in it. Yes, yeah, he I, is. I like Adam Brody. So I think yeah, that was cool. I like the OC. So Seth Cohen, seeing Seth Cohen in a Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie movie is cool. But that's really all for me uh, on Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Anything else to add about that movie? No, no, that's it. My number three is the Avengers, the 2012 Avengers. Uh, at the time that wow. I saw it, I saw it in theaters with you and another friend and the three of us went to Nishamani. We saw it. And at the time I didn't care about superhero movies. I actually thought they were super boring. Like I tried Thor. I tried Iron Man. I couldn't really get into it. Iron Man was wow. a little bit better. Um, I liked the Spider-Man movies, but that's it. And that's cause I was a lifelong fan of Spider-Man, but this whole MCU thing, I was like, what, what is this? And I don't care. I don't know these characters. I didn't know Chris, Pr- or no, I'm sorry, Chris, Pratt. Chris Evans from a hole in my ass, except for, you know, when he did, uh, uh, the human torch. Um, yep. so, so many movies. So like I, I, this, you know, I like Scarlett Johansson. I liked Mark Ruffalo. I, I like Robert Downey Jr. But I went into this, like who the hell's Loki? What what is a Loki? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't yeah. know anything about Thanos. I didn't know anything about you know the plan for the MCU. I quite frankly did not care and walked out of that movie just like, all right, I'm in. And then went yeah. back, watched every movie from the MCU from 08 to 2012, got completely caught up, and then ever since have watched every single one of them uh, multiple times. And it felt made me fall in love with comic book movies. And that was like my startup. I, we watched it again recently, and it's weird. It it's when you when you know how Infinity War happens and you know what happens in Endgame, you go back and you're like, okay, that's bad. That's an inconsistency. This is that. Why is this? But it's still, even with that, it still holds up. It's a really good movie, and it got me into comic book movies. Yeah, I mean, hey, I can't argue the Avengers is a great film. My number two might surprise you a little bit. Logan. What? 
I never read old man old man logan comic books i i saw them and I, it just didn't interest me i that to me like that wasn't my wolverine you know what i mean mm-hmm. i i liked him in the classic yellow suit like that's you know the the animated series of x-men that, that we watched as kids and that was my wolverine going in this like hearing that was going to be his last role and old man logan i was just like <sighs> like i remember me, me and dom salt in theaters and i we absolutely freaking loved it. I know we, we were both in tears at the end, obviously, but I, I just didn't expect it to, to hit me the way it did and, and to really go out like that. And Logan really, and even with the, the black and white version, like after when it came out on Blu-ray, you get the special edition or whatever, it comes to the black and white. And watching that, it's like, he loved it even more. So, hey, Logan, number two. My number two, and I want you to stick with me on this one because you're going to say like, what? No, you, you always love that movie, but there's... Like, there's, there's a reason for it, that why it's on my list. Well, which is probably my Logan to you. Like, huh, I thought you would have loved that. No, you're going to laugh at this one. It's The Room. And, Jesus. And oh. Exactly. And, and I, want you to, <laughs> I, I want you to stick with me. I want you to stick with me. Uh. The Room came out in 2003, I want to say. I didn't see it until th- 2010, okay? And I was in college when I saw that. I was in my dorm room one night. I saw a 20-minute review from this guy named The Nostalgia Critic, and I immediately ordered it on Netflix on the disc and had the disc shipped to my, my college. Yeah. At that time, I was not a cheese guy. Yes. I loved Degrassi at that time. And, but to me, you're De- digging yourself a hole, but to me, and deeper. <laughs> Degrassi wasn't cheese at that time. When I was what? 2010, I was 22, 21, 22. So like I, at that time had no, idea what I didn't know yet. And to me, it was just a legitimately great show that I loved and hung on to. So like, I wasn't super self-aware that I love bad things. Um, so when I watched the room, I was like, Oh, this is just as bad as they said. And I found myself watching it with my, I went home for the weekend, brought the disc home and watched it with my mom. And she was like, what the fuck are we watching? She thought it was going to be a legitimate movie, not knowing it's, it's just awful. And, uh, Your poor like, mother. and as I'm watching, I'm like, mom, this is this. And here's the story here. And I'm explaining to her why it's so bad and who Tommy Wiseau is and why he's having sex with a belly button. And then when friends came over, I showed them that. And then when I, me and Ash got together, I made her watch that. And then Pope joy. And then, um, I had the, my friends come over for a party one night in Horsham and at two in the morning when it's over, we watched it and I had him watch. It. So like it became this like initiation to where all my friends, except for you, I was like, you got to watch it. God forbid. I know you wouldn't do it. So I didn't know at that time that I would be such a junkie for bad shit that that movie got me into bad movies. At the time, I was like, I don't want to waste my time. And now all I want to do is waste my time. <laughs> Great explanation. My number one. So when this came out. I, I didn't know about the books that were written. I didn't know. I think I saw like one of the last trailers and, and I was like, you know what? Let, let me take a chance on it. They only had one showing in our area. I had to drive to Jersey 40 minutes away. Me and Toby at the time drove what? all the way down there just what? to see what year, what year, what year? I, might, I don't know. Was it, it might've been 2012. Okay. Then I have no, inception. John Carter. Oh, Oh, uh, um, you know, Taylor Kitsch, he was yeah. the lead. You had Mark Strong, James Purfoy, William Defoe. Like, like I think I, I saw the cast. I think this was either right before or right after he was Gambit. 
Um, and, and I was like, you know, let me take a chance on this freaking movie. And it's it just about his his uncle dies and he, his uncle leaves him clues to find where he's at or find clues to the fortune. And I just got sucked into this whole world of being this man from Mars and meeting this princess. And you have to fight these crazy creatures. I thought the CGI was awesome. It just took me by such surprise. It was directed by Andrew Stanton. He directed the um, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory. And like I always thought, I saw this quote that he had. I wrote it down. It said, I will always mourn the fact that I didn't get to make the other two films I planned for this series. And like it, it ends on such a cliffhanger. And I'm so pissed that we're never going to get the last two films of it because it, it, it lost money. It, it was a Disney film. It's just a shame that for whatever reason, I guess the marketing was wrong. It just didn't hit the right people. And more people should have seen John Carter. Sam, my number one is a top 10 movie for me all time, maybe top seven, probably close to eight or nine. And you know how I have that like weird memory that I know exactly where I was, who I was with, and the date? Yeah. And like all that weird shit? Yeah. December 4th, 2010. Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Might have been Marlton. Not really sure. Somewhere in fucking South Jersey. Oh, so when I said driving to Jersey, you were like, oh shit, what? What? South Jersey. Somewhere in South Jersey. <laughs> okay. Saw this movie in theaters. Kind of wanted to. Definitely wanted to. But like, just casually. I just enjoyed the movies at that time in my life. I didn't mind dark places. Um, yeah. And I actually know the date because it's, it's Ryan Cunningham's birthday. That's why. So, a little cheat there. But uh, not only did I not speak a word during the film because it gripped me so much. Not only did I cry twice during the movie, once towards the end credit. The third piece of that is I sat through the end credits, mouth agape, didn't speak, had to drive from Cherry Hill, Mar- wherever the hell we were in South Jersey, back to LaSalle. I did it in complete silence with four people in the car. And what movie was this? 127 hours. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Dude, what a film. I thought I would like it. I had no idea I would love it as much as I do. And, uh, I, my God. That's good to you. I, I, I did not expect that one. Yeah. That, that, that's a surprise. It's it. James Franco just destroys it in the best possible way. And then at the that's end, fantastic movie. without giving it away, at the end, they blend the film with reality. And I was like, (laughs) so um, you probably, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, dude, I saw the movie. It was fantastic. It was just a great movie. Um, The scene uh, where, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not even gonna get into it because I know it's a 10 year old, (laughs) 10, 10 year old movie. I still don't want to spoil it for people. I can't recommend it enough. I actually had Ashley watch it a couple years ago. She didn't find it gripping as I did, but definitely she liked it. So, uh, it's, it will always teach me to have a buddy when I go, when I go hiking, which is only once in my life. So, yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, that was our top three films. We didn't expect to love, but did I'm cheating. Shout out to Slumdog millionaire. All right, Sam, let's get into trivia. I'll give it to you. Thank you. Let's get into trivia. Three for me, one for you in a race to 11 win by two. I'm going to give you the question first, try to get you within a point here. Okay. All right. Still- all right. Uh, for the for all of this EP from the early November, released in 2002, January 1st, 2002, matter of fact, how many tracks are on the EP? 
God damn it. <laughs> you know this. And I'm, 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 I got up from the chair, so you don't think I'm looking. I'm looking at my phone. In my head, it's seven or eight. In my head, off the top of my head, it's seven or eight. Let's go eight. That's correct. <sighs> I thought for the longest time it was seven. I actually forgot about the last track. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, I, I think there's seven, but wait, there's that one more. Woo! I'll take that full point, baby. Three to two. Let's go. All right. Let's see if I can stump you. Who is the last boss in Street Fighter 3? Street Fighter 3? Yes. Jesus. Um, Like Alpha 3? Street. Like Street Fighter 3. <laughs> like the third Street Fighter game ever made. But I think it's called Street Fighter Alpha 3. I don't think there's an actual Street Fighter 3. But regardless, um, God. I think I want to say M. Bison because that's just the normal boss. Oh, God. I know this dude. Um, or is it the dude that... Nope, that's Street Fighter 4. Fuck. It's like a... I figured it, I figured it would be a cool question because obviously you know there's you know, you know the famous villains of Street Fighter and just which one was three. You know what I mean? Oh, God damn you. Can I think about this for a second? Um... It's and me and him are going on trust that you know that we're not looking up answers. No, I'm not looking up answers. It's a gaming question. I should know this. So it's Bison. It's God. I can't remember the guy from the fourth game. He like fuses with somebody else, and then was he in the third one? I think is. Can you? I'll take the. I'll take. I'll take the answers. I have a name. I don't think it's even right. But and, I and I'm not changing whatever answer you gave or said anything. I'm giving to L. I. It begins with a G. So if I hear something with a G, I'm going for it. If you have a Gill, yeah, that's it. Go with Gill. Go with Gill. I don't want to hear it. Half a point. Correct. Yeah. Correct. All right. Fair enough. It is Gill. <sighs> see, see. I could have had a full point though. Move. I could have had a full point. I knew it began with a G. I think I could have squeezed it out of you if I was like, it begins with a G, and then we would have worked through it. I think I could have gotten a point on that. All right. No. Three and a half well, for two. He, you make up a half a point. I can't update the standings right now based on where my phone is. Well, we know it's 3.5 to two. To two. So if you could just remind me <laughs> when we get done well, this podcast. Dude, I, I, so I'm going to write it down right here. 3.5 3. <laughs> 3. to two. Gotcha. Excellent. Thank you. Sam, you're going to start off with gaming, but because you have the first say in our first story in gaming, I'm going to kick it to you. As we go into the gaming section, Sam, you have finally you got it. Final Fantasy VII remake. A, did you start it? And B, what are your early impressions? Of course, I started it, and I can thank Amazon. They delivered it April twelfth, the day after my birthday. So I was ecstatic to get it because I know obviously a lot of people they they said you might not get the physical copies. You know, you might want to just get the digital. I took a chance. Columbus did, and it paid you know paydowns. So. It's 100 gigs, number one, to download it. So I had to delete some stuff. But so You sent far, me the list of things you had to delete. I left. Yeah, it was, you know, it had, but it had to be done. You know, I knew some sacrifices were going to have to be made, but it, it's worth it. And right off the bat, I got to say that this and God of War, hands down, are the prettiest games on the PS4. Hands down. Wow, Uncharted 4 gets no love. I mean, hey, that was good, but that God of War and Final Fantasy, it's, that's, they're, on, they're on the next ledge. Um, I think it's, I mean, so far, I think I'm on chapter five. So I, I'm, I'm trying to play Damn, this. Damn, look at you. 
I mean, it's, I put a little dent, but you know, not too much because I'm trying to enjoy this for as long as I possibly can. Because I know this, it's not the whole series, like the whole game. It's only like a, a third of it. It's Midgard, but, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so far it's you know, I got Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, Jesse, Biggs, Wedge, who is actually voiced by Matt Jones, yep. Badger on Breaking Bad. Yep. Which was pretty cool. I'm absolutely loving the combat. I'm yet to die. Knock on wood. Um, it, Even it with that little... big scorpion in the beginning. Oh, oh, the big monster thing. You play that in the demo. Oh, do you? Okay, got it. So on, on the big mechanical thing, I died once in the demo, but when this now, I was I already knew what to do, and I got uh, like a better use of under controls of using items and spells and attacks. Like I, I just kind of got better with each character. Yeah. <clears throat> but like I just actually got to Ifrit. And like once you like you power up and get to this guy, you release his fire demon. He looks so badass. I got him out for like the end of chapter four. And once I brought him out, dude, he just wiped out everybody. And it was just just to see that it was just visually it, it was it was it was beautiful. Square Enix outdid themselves. The, to me, this is a must-have for any Final Fantasy VII fans out there. I I, I can't recommend it enough. So worth the eighty dollar purchase. Yeah, I, I can do The game was 60, 65 tax. What, what, what's an extra 20 bucks? Yeah, you get an egg. You, uh, you got that one cactus download. I didn't even put the code in yet, but that you get like some kind of background and you get like a cool steel case with it, like Sephiroth's on the top of it. Like that's pretty cool. Like to me, it, it's worth it. It was a game to me that out of all the Final Fantasies, seven was the really like the game I really only played. Right. So I'm like, this, this, yeah. was a, this was a no brainer for me. Yeah. Um, like I, it's it's game of the year, like for me. <laughs> like, I watched. This is fantastic. I watched the first three hours of it just to give myself an idea if we were going to have a deeper discussion on it, like to to where it's at and what's going on. That's how I knew about the big scorpion because I didn't play the demo. Um, shout out to everybody who did. Um, yeah, I just beat some queen queen spider, some queen thing in last mission. But like, I literally had to like save it, pause it and come do the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Pro Jared is, is my favorite Twitch streamer. Um, like that doesn't do speed runs. Like we're just my casual okay. gamer guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he's a huge anime, huge final fantasy guy. And he's actually doing videos on every final fantasy game ever. So oh, wow. when it came out at midnight, he was Complete on dedication. Tell me about it. So at midnight, the night it came out on the 10th, um, I stayed up for a couple extra hours and watched his, his Twitch stream of it. Um, and I was like, all right, I just want to like make sure this isn't for me. And it's not, it's not for me. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I'm going to buy it. I think the only way I'll play it is if I, if I borrow it from somebody or get it for free, which I'm open to, I, I just, you're going to pop 35, 40 hours in this game. And I don't want to do that. I guess that's no, yeah, easy. Yeah. Easy. You're going to pop that. Like, you know, especially if you're doing a lot of the side missions, like I know I did all the side missions. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm, I'm just taking my time with them. I, I don't want to, I don't want to rush. I, I love the, like the, the complete battle, the whole gameplay of switching characters of doing like items like that for like, you hit these guys three, you know, three attacks at the same time. Like, it, it's like, I haven't got any glitches, nothing like that. Everything's been smooth and I don't even have the PS4 pro. So it's, it's, that's the thing you're, I, I've heard people on Twitter saying like, Put in Final Fantasy VII Remake to my regular PS4, and it sounds like a jet engine trying to play this game. It's like pushing oh. the, the console to the mat to the max. Oh, like that I, that I will agree with 100. percent You yeah. could definitely tell like the PS4 is like like I don't, and that's another reason why I don't want to play too long. Like I think it's like basically two two hours is like my maximum because like I know it's already nice and hot back there. Cool it down. Yeah, I don't want to burn nothing. You know what I mean? Like I I don't want to you know 
this is again my fourth PS4. So Final Fantasy VII, the original, was a turn-based RPG. This went for a um, like an real-time action RPG feel where when you go into combat, the screen slows down and you pick your attacks or your spells and you yeah. can go between characters. Yes. How does that feel as opposed to the traditional turn-based style? Honestly, I I I love it. I I think I like this better than like the original. I don't know if that's like sacrilege to say, but I I'm I'm loving this game. Like I, it took a lot of me not to like text you like how much I'm actually loving this game. Like I had a pause. Like, can I just tell Greg you can't do the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will like, say, you know, I, you know it, it, I'm having I'm having fun, which which, which is but with me for gaming, it's great. I, I will say that I didn't even ask him. Like I, this is all new. I don't know your impressions. It's not like we talked before. Yeah, I didn't tell you shit. Um, I purposely didn't ask cause I knew this was coming and I was waiting for it. I figured if it was shitty, I'd have known by now. So I just wanted to hear how good you thought it was. And you would like the demo. So I wasn't like super surprised that you love the game, which is great. Um, I'm, I mean, considering that when I picked up Neo, I, I played for maybe 45 minutes and I was like, no, this game's not for me. Like yeah. immediately <laughs> go and trade it in or sell it or, or donate it. Well, like, you, you, you use some more choice language. Uh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll be nicer <laughs> this time, but you know, like that. But as soon as I picked this game, you know, five minutes, like I was already in from the demo, but like, I, you know what I mean? Like this game is definitely for me. Neo, no. Sam, you have to, you know, you always buffer things with gaming where you say, hey, with me, with gaming, that's good. I think you just have to kind of like admit to yourself that this time off from you for like from life, this whole quarantine business, you you get it, man. You you're a casual gamer now. No, I, I would kind of it, it's kind of bringing me back to the roots where I used to be. Like I would say, I was a way bigger gamer when I was younger. Yeah, like, we you played. Figured, a you know, shit I beat time. beat the entire Uncharted series. I beat The Last of Us and um, the DLC. And the DLC, which which was which was a nice story too, by the way. Yep, you tried Neo. You um, are playing Final Fantasy VII. You have an itch to go play the Uncharted games again. Like, yeah, because I'm watching a retro replay, and of course, when Last of Us Two comes out, that's an immediate buy. Yeah, whatever the hell that is. Yeah, I mean, like that's not that's not you. It's usually like one game in the middle of or one game in the beginning of the year, one game from the holidays, and then for our top three, you just pick all three games you played that year. But like, well, I mean, it, it, that could still be the case so far for this year. Like, that's don't, don't not, rule that out. That's not untrue. You have The Last of Us. You have this. But I but know. But, you no, s- but, the, but The Last of Us came out in what? 14? 13? No, no. Like the part two. I mean, so you have like because oh, okay, I think that'll come out this year. Yeah. If you get a PS, if you get a PS5 at launch, God forbid you find one. Um, oh, you, you. I won't even comment yet. You might even get a game from that. So. There could be more than three, and there's also the possibility, also the possibility uh, that you still get that Nintendo Switch. You never know. Yeah, yeah, anything's possible. Anything's possible, so you never know there. I, I just, I want to hold out hope um, that that you will play more than three games this year and then just list the three games you played. And then that might start a trend. You never know. Next year, dude, you've already beaten more games than me this year. So which which is that's crazy to think if you count like new games, like if like you count the old stuff, I've gone back and I've beaten all the old Pokemon games and shit like that because of reasons. That's but what you do. That's what I do. Right. So but yeah, I'm, I'm loving that you're loving it. Uh, it makes me so happy to talk gaming with you. It makes me so happy that when that you wanted to cancel this pod just so you could play a game like that's awesome to hear. That's that's great for me. I actually love that. 
Um, so that's that's awesome, and I'm looking and, and forward. And of course, when I oh yeah, and of course you know when I keep playing it. Of course, I want to chime in here or, or maybe next time. I, I doubt I'll beat it in a week, but you yeah. know, if and when I do, trust me, I'm going to be all over it. Yeah, and I think that's a game that we're going to do check-ins with you pretty periodically on the pod, just to ke- you know keep your interest and also. You know, maybe it gave you a little motivation to keep playing. You never know. You know, the world could return to normal tomorrow. We just don't know. It, I mean, it won't. I mean, we, we, yeah, we both know that's not happening. If so, fact, though. <laughs> All right, Sam. I'm very happy to hear that. And uh, happy gaming for you. Yeah, I, I got a long road ahead of me. And we'll, and I'll continue now. We got a review. We only got one, but we got Turbo Graphics 16 mini review. And this is a retro console in the vein of the Genesis Mini, PlayStation 1 Mini, and NES, Super NES Minis, uh, that actually was delayed um, due to coronavirus, but the review is out. So I guess the review, not the review copies, but the early builds went out, and yeah. so uh, they still dropped the review, which is great. The TurboGrafx 16 Mini has supplanted the Genesis as my favorite retro all-in-one console. It's delight. It's delightful menu system, clever secrets, and charming display options complement its selection of mainstream and off-the-wall games to overcome any minor complaints I have about its lack of a second controller. That being said, the Tur- TurboGrafx-16 is aimed at a narrow band of retro gaming enthusiasts, and its obscurity makes it a hard sell beyond the world of, of obsessive collectors like myself. Eight oh seven. Nah, but that's good to hear that it was, I mean, a seven's the best one ever. It's a firm, it's, well, I think I gave it a seven because it's of the appeal of the TurboGrafx-16, the PC engine in Japan. I just I thought gave that just because of the one controller. Uh, <laughs> that that could be, that could be a reason too. Yeah. Um, I would say that because the TurboGrafx-16 is just an obscure console, it came yeah. out, it's a 16-bit console like the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. It came out around that time in the early 90s. But it didn't use cartridges and it didn't use discs. It actually used it. Technically, it's a cartridge. Think about a 3DS game, the flat gray. I wanted you to say it like a floppy disk. It's it's. A, <laughs> I was about to say it's a mix of a 3DS game and a, and a floppy. It's okay. okay. It's actually not floppy. It's sturdy, but it's a long rectangular card that you slip into the back of the console and it reads like an, a 3DS game would. It's pretty nuts. It's got pins at the bottom. It's it's pretty oh, cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's it, cool. it came in a jewel case as opposed to a box or a plastic case like Genesis. So it was way ahead of its time. Bonk's Adventure, Splatterhouse, incredible games on the TurboGrafx-16. I'm so psyched to pick this up because that's one of the only consoles I don't own. And, and you got to collect them all. We know that. Some awesome news. Naughty Dog is giving the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection away for free until May 5th. And I'm going to call you out. You're not downloading it even though you want to. I, I don't have this space. That's a fair point. <laughs> like, like the, just being honest, and I, I, I trade. I've told you, it's too- if Final Fan- if I didn't get Final Fantasy, if it would, if it got delayed or for whatever reason, I would have downloaded Uncharted to replay because I think that that game series is fantastic. It's it's here's the thing: you can just go to the store and add it to your downloads and not download it. That way, you can still get it for free and then download it whenever you want at any time. I'm just saying, little no, little that, hack, yeah, that, that's a good point. little hack, little cheat there for you for anybody. You do not have to download it on your console. Like Sam has a 500 gig PlayStation 4. Two two fifths of his console is is uh, Final Fantasy VII Final and, Fantasy. and the yeah. UI. The other yeah. a, another fifth is God of War. 
So like more than half of your console is two games and the actual user interface of the damn console. So yep. the, the OS. So like uh, I get it. Not a lot of I delete shit on my PS4 every time I want to play something new. It's why I like indie games. They're small. Uh, you know, you can you know that the old Mario, the original Mario on NES is smaller than a JPEG. Wow. The whole game. 32 levels smaller Jeez. than a JPEG. Today, That's like crazy. like a modern beautiful yeah, yeah. Like big time jpeg wow for, I, I had no idea yeah it's, it's it's insane how you can fit that game you could probably fit i don't know a couple million mario ones on a blu-ray disc it's it's pretty nuts i actually yeah. wouldn't mind doing that math but yeah i'm i'm super psyched for this news free for mayfield and guess what people that is not for playstation plus subscribers if you have a ps4 you can get it for free you do not have to pay a single cent and you do not have to be an online ps plus member just go do it it's so worth it. Even if you don't want to play it now, even if you don't have space, just add it to your queue and let it download later. That's it. What what a great move by PlayStation. It was like at their stay at home effort for the for the yeah. virus. Like, it's like more, game at more home. More companies something. need to do this. Yeah. yeah. More more companies need to do this on, on bigger titles, not just like the little guys. Yeah. Journey is free until May 5th. Yeah, so along with the Nathan Drake collection, they actually did the same thing with Journey. Um, same concept, same date, same everything. Journey was the indie game that put PlayStation indie games on the map. A PS3 exclusive um, indie title that is about the journey through life and its ultimate, you know, end and all that stuff. So, you know, not for me. But uh, I played it. I just didn't pay attention to the story because I didn't want an yeah. anxiety attack. <laughs> I can't. So... Uh, but it's a beautiful game. It takes place in a desert. It's fucking nuts. It's you can beat it in an hour or two. It's not big. Um, it's one of those kind of. It almost made like Walking Sims popular. There's no spoken word or anything. It's it's a really unique, special indie game. You have a chance to play for free. So if you're looking to kill, you know, a little bit less than an afternoon, download Journey. If you're looking to kill a little bit more than an afternoon, download the Uncharted Collection. Star Wars Episode One Racer Remastered on Switch and PS4 got a release date May 12th. Yeah, May 12th, May 12th, May 12th. Jam that into your brains, people. The Nintendo Mini Direct uh, from last month uh, came out and said, we're getting Star Wars Episode One Racer. And we were like, holy shit, when? They didn't tell us. And now we know. Star Wars, their official social media actually came out and gave us the date today the 16th of april and said be available may 12th and oh by the way it's on ps4 as well had no wow. idea yeah same that is music to my ears because i believe that was like one of the only star wars games i ever owned on n64 and i'm like sitting here to myself and i'm like fuck a that's a one less reason for you to get a switch b um <laughs> Is that is that a shame that I'm more concerned about you getting a switch than you are? Like that's yeah. a real shame. Uh, and and B, nobody can get one now anyway. So you know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, and B, I was like, I put it on our Facebook page that it was on that it was coming to Switch. I didn't even read down to the PS4 part. And then I was reading the article through, and I was like, oh shit! So I had to go back and edit our Facebook post. Uh, so it might say edited on the Facebook post, but I had to add the PS4 part and cool that they're getting May 12th. When they say it's episode one racer remastered, it sure as shit is not remastered. It still looks like N64 garbage. And that's a good thing. Oh, I, I, that, that, like, I think we talked before, like, that's what I want. Like, I don't want it up res. I want it just as is baby. Resident Evil four remake and Resident Evil, Resident Evil eight are apparently 
in the works. Yeah, and I want to put a huge emphasis on apparently. Um, I want to put a huge emphasis on reportedly. It seems pretty rock solid. The same uh, folks that came out, it was VG Seek. They came out and said that the Mario Switch remakes were happening. They came out and said there's absolutely a Resident Evil 4 remake happening. It's coming out in 2022. The thing is, I believe the reports, so it's not just like a, an unfounded rumor. Even yeah. though the Mario stuff has yet to be officially confirmed by Nintendo, I think that they're where there's smoke. And I think that will get announced in June or July. Um, maybe even the next direct in June. So I think that this is real. I think that Andy Robinson, credible reporter, VGC, credible, credible ish site. I think they're getting there. They're not Kotaku. I shouldn't even say that. They're not IGN, things like that. Um, but I believe this report. I also believe that RE8 is happening just because RE7 was so big, so popular. I would say that that's probably 2021's Resident Evil. Um, they're trying to do like annual Resident Evils apparently. I, I think it's a great idea. So I think they're going to go for eight. They'll probably stick with the first person view that they did for RE7. Um, I heard it will be called Resident Evil Village because there's the Roman numerals of eight spell Ville. So like I get it. Um, yeah. You can do the cool yeah. thing there. Uh, I don't think that that's a very good title. I don't think that's a very good concept and I'm not necessarily psyched on that. Resident Evil 4, the first half of the game takes place in a village. So maybe that was the... Maybe they saw this village thing and maybe it was the remake and they just thought it was eight. So I, I don't know, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And if anything, I'm in the minority on this one. I really want an RE4 remake. People don't. I do. It's one of my top 10 favorite yeah, games of all time. And I'm ready for it to be completely rebuilt. I I am ready for that. Yeah, I think you said last pod, like you four is, your, is the one you want made. And here you go. Yeah. Crisis Remastered is coming soon to PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that's the the original Crisis game. It's fun. It's cheese. It's good. It's not the greatest game in the world. But listen, it might not be my cup of tea. It might not be Sam's. But there's somebody out there that's a Crisis fan. So if you hadn't heard this, we just wanted to bring you the news that uh, the original Crisis is getting remastered and coming soon to every console and or PC that's good for you. I would imagine 2020. They just leaked the trailer today. Um Wednesday, Thursday? What is this day? Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. So, yeah. yeah, we're in for good stuff. SpongeBob SquarePants Battle at Bikini Bottom Rehydrated finally gets a release date of June 23rd. Number one, huge speedrunning game. Love watching speedruns of the original Bikini Bottom. Two. Long, long title. Yeah, tell me about it. Two. Uh, there are people that are psyched on this, so I just wanted to shout it out that this game has been in – been confirmed for a long, long time and has not gotten yeah. a release date yet. Uh, we're just over two months away now and they dropped it. So listen, 623, not that long of a wait. This is totally a game. You do not have to buy physical. You can get this on a download for what is it going to be? 20, 30 bucks. I hope it's not more than 30, but it could probably be 40. But uh, yeah, Bikini Bottom yeah. Rehydrated getting that release date just two months away. Well, how about Jump Force is coming to the Switch and getting all the previously released DLC? So I can play as as Yusuke Urameshi on the go. I'm psyched. Um, I didn't jump into Jump Force on the PS4. I probably should have when it was like 10 bucks on sale. Um, But I know for a fact that because they're doing like the game of the year edition with all the DLC and shit in the Switch version, that they're going to release it at 60 bucks. That's a hard pass. Yeah, that's a tough buy. Streets of Rage 4 is getting some interesting additional content. I kept this vague on purpose. Did you see it? I did not. 
Uh, I don't know if it's going to be unlockable. I don't know if it's going to be an alternative skin. I don't know if these are characters that are just going to come with the game. They are actually going to include the original Streets of Rage 2 sprites in this new game. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That beautiful hand-drawn art style that this new game has, even even in that world, they're including the 16-bit Genesis sprites of Blaze and Axel and... Um, I think I even saw Max, the wrestler in there, maybe even skate. So I'm so That's psyched. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be playing a mix of 16-bit and freaking uh, freaking this beautiful hand-drawn style in my favorite beat-em-up franchise of all time. I'm so yeah. psyched for Streets of Rage 4. We, oh, don't, we don't have a release date, but I have to think that it's this year, and you best believe that that will be in the conversation for Game of the Year if it's even close to as good as Streets of Rage 2. Easy. Uh, oh, I told you there's one more gaming story when we got to the end of it that I wanted to throw out there. So I apologize for the uh, abrupt O. Oh, but um, Jason Schreier, a really respected journalist that we quote on here a lot uh, yeah. on this pod and we break a lot of his stories. He broke the E3 being canceled story that we talked about. He actually posted today that as of today, the day you're listening to this podcast on the 17th of April, he's leaving Kotaku after eight years. So wow, we just wanted to, he said he's going to go write for another outlet. So we don't know who that is yet. Um, but I just wanted to thank Jason for everything he's done. He kept Kotaku relevant for me. He's the only reason I go on Kotaku is just to read his stuff. He's an amazing follow on Twitter. His podcast is amazing. Um, I, I really hope that because he leaves Kotaku that the split screen podcast still happens. Um, or if he doesn't, it, maybe he goes to a different pod and starts up something different. But Jason's a, a freaking awesome Twitter follow, great games journalist, and I want to thank him for everything he did for Kotaku as he leaves the organization tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, we can't. Out of nowhere. Schreier bombs. Wo- Woj bombs and Schreier bombs. All right, <laughs> let's move into the movie section. I got to pull the review up. Uh, it's not shouldn't be too hard to find. There it is. Yeah. So yeah, I, have, I forgot that it came out digitally already. Yeah. So it's out now. If you want to go ahead and watch it, um, it is available digitally. Yeah. Psyched on that. Um, don't know what I'm going to do yet. Might just go the digital. Same. I might go with the digital rent. I might even just go with the rent. I don't even know if I'm going to go with the buy. I think I'm going to buy it just because I bought all the legacy stuff. So I think I'm just going to buy this. And of course, we're talking about Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. Here's the review. While Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge does deliver when it comes to the basic franchise staples, gory martial arts action, a self-deprecating sense of humor. I hear a butt. It just doesn't offer much else. Scorpion may be the main character, but the film never finds anything interesting or or insightful to say about him. It was a promising idea to revisit the original Mortal Kombat story from Scorpion's point of view, but in execution, it feels like a missed opportunity. Damn. 6-0. Yeah, and I told you. I fucking told you. It it was a 6-0? Yeah. I actually told you this. I read the whole review. I told you they were going to fuck this up and just retell the first Mortal Kombat again for the hundredth time. And they did. I was told that the second half of this movie doesn't even revolve around Scorpion. They just go with the fucking movie with the story, the fights now. Damn. So maybe I do watch this digitally. (laughs) Maybe. So I did hear, I did hear that the fights are awesome. Great animation, great choreography, great art style, bloody, really good. I heard that, but the story suffers in a huge way. 
And I already know the story of Mortal Kombat. I was interested Same. to hear Scorpion's kind of backstory a little bit more and to have that hold up over 120 minutes or 90 minutes or however long the eight, eight, is. 80 minutes. There you go. And like to hear that it just falls flat, especially in the second half, is really, really yeah, depressing sucks. for me. That hurts. I don't even – like I said, I think this is more of a rent for me. As opposed to, as opposed I, I to, still, I still, I'm going to think about it. I think I gotta, you know, maybe see, watch the trailer again and see what I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's a watch. Like I'm going to watch it. I just don't know if I want to add it to the collection. Yeah, exactly. So there was a trailer that came out. Uh, I believe it was even today, Thursday the 16th, uh, called uh, Capone, featuring Venom. So Venom's going to play Al Capone. Tom Hardy. I watched it. It was about a minute and a half. What'd you think? It, it, it tells a different. Obviously, everyone knows. Like, I guess the basis story of Al Capone, and this is kind of. But it's, it's based on true events. The musician, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. yeah his, <laughs> his his. I guess when he's in jail or when he's released, when he's half losing his mind from all the diseases or whatever the hell he had. But supposedly, he. I guess he buried money or something like that. We we know Tom Hardy's a great actor, and I, I love gangster stories. I, I love reading about that. I remember at school doing projects on him, and I I, I can't wait to see this film. I'm going to pass. I love like biopics. I love gangster films. I love all that. There's, I don't know. I didn't connect with this one. I connect with Tom Hardy because he's so great. But I just, I just don't know if I connected with this one. And it, and it looked like Matt Dillon was in the trailer also. Yeah. I thought I saw that too. And, and who, who retweeted that and said, and said, take my I money. Be, I believe it was Brendan Schaub, the comedian. Yeah, that's it. That's who it was. Good call out. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I'm lukewarm to it. It's not like I'm, no, no, no. I'm just lukewarm to this one. I know you're yeah. you're psyched about it, but I'm just lukewarm. Disney is planning a hybrid CG live action musical remake of Robin Hood for Disney Plus. Uh, I mean, with the fox, I mean, are they going to do another fox for Robin Hood? Uh, They're going to make it a person. Uh, I, I, I think I could skip this one. This is a, a pass for me. Are they going to make it Doctor Gordon from Saw again? Because he was Robin Hood for Robin Hood Men in Tights, the best Robin yeah, Hood movie. I, I mean. Definitely one of the best ones I've ever made. Absolutely hilarious movie, but this one, this doesn't even tickle my fancy. You know what? I just, I just decided that tonight while I'm editing, I'm going to watch Robin Hood Men in Tights. It's a great film. I just made that executive decision. Uh, it's so good, Robin of Loxley. I can't wait. I'm psyched on this man. The <laughs> yeah. damn, the damn panties belt made out of metal. Like I'm psyched. It's so fun. Chastity belt. Chastity belt. Thank you. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I called it a. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what you said. <laughs> I called it a panties belt. <laughs> Speaking of Disney Plus, not panties belts, but uh, speaking of Disney Plus, Disney Plus has officially passed 50 million subscribers. And before you react to it, here's a question. How much of that is due to COVID? At least 10 million. Damn. You think that many? I think like... I think like two or three. I, I mean, maybe I just blurred out a number, but yeah. like, it just seems like they got to 50 million pretty damn fast. I will definitely only, say You that. know, having Mandalorian being the only new thing out. Bullshit. Onward. Onward. Yeah, you, and they onward, dropped yeah. and they dropped Frozen 2 early on there, three months early. Right, and, we had, and we had the, the Baltos story. No one gives a fuck about Togo, but. <laughs> Togo uh, was a great, great <laughs> film. I, it's could, what, I couldn't think if of it's, Togo. If it's I on its top Balto. three. It's on its top three of the year. I'll tell you that. Um, I, it's just Balto. That's what I grew up with, and they lied to me all these years. It was Togo. Togo, uh, rest in peace, you bastard. I will say, uh, I they they dropped a lot of shit on there that that will entice people to sign up. I just I don't know how many millions came from COVID because I know this was a hit, a huge hit before that. 
it, it, you're right though. No matter what, COVID, no COVID, 50, this is quick. Yeah, very fast. So congratulations right. to Disney. They were hurting for money. So, you know. They ain't hurt no more. Yeah, right. They, they, they're, they're Disney. They're, they're not a profitable company. God forbid, you know. They needed all the money they could get. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't want to hear another fucking report or read another fucking article that says, Disney's losing $30 million a day. No. I don't believe it. You couldn't pay They'll me. Be all right. You couldn't pay me to believe it. AMC going bankrupt. Yeah, I buy that. They don't have a theater open. <laughs> Disney, yeah. I don't buy it. Sorry. Uh, that thing you do is helping out the fight against COVID nineteen. Because Sam, you don't know necessarily what I'm talking about. No, I do. I, I, okay. I follow. I follow him on Instagram. Come on, bro. Get your, get your shit together. Who, who? Oh, Jonathan Check. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Okay. Tom Everett Scott, Jonathan Sheck, Steve Zahn, Ethan Embry, Liv Tyler, the cast of That Thing You Do is coming together tonight, the night you're listening to this podcast, hopefully, Friday, April 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and they're doing a watch-along of That Thing You Do, and they're having other special guests. I'm hoping Tom Hanks, that COVID fucking guy, bouncing back. You know he's going to be a, spe- he's going to be a special guest. There's better no way you're doing that without no way. And he recovered. You, he has to show up. And he recovered from COVID. He was one of the first celebrities that got it. So, like, he's got to be doing that, dude. I mean, if he did Saturday Night Live's <laughs> monologue from his damn house. Yeah. He's the, definitely going to do it. The here. thing is, I, I'm 50-50 on it. I'm, I'm like 51-49 that he isn't. And here's why. Um, I always think when WWE is bringing back huge names that they should surprise us and just have their music hit. But I get why they don't. They do it up. They do it up front to get the ratings because people, if they know Stone Cold's going to be there, they tune in. Unless you know it's an empty arena because then nobody watch him. Um, with Tom Hanks, I get it. If you want to keep him as a surprise, that could be huge, especially for the on-demand views. If you don't tell people about him, I get it. But if you wanted to pop those ratings, get those subscribers, and like get a lot of a shit ton of people watching. Then you would you would announce it up front because that would get the masses out mm. in droves. So I'm gonna watch it. We just watched that thing you do. I, I actually hadn't watched it in years and years and years and years. Forgot about it and, and didn't really like it. And then we watched it the other night, and she adored it. She totally understands why it's my favorite movie of all time. So I said, like halfway through the movie, actually, a random listener, shout out to Ryan, love you, dude. Um, I think R Spader, Ryan Spader, I believe. Uh, I think he's also the guy who left us a review saying he was another Ryan. If that's the case, good for you, sir. Uh, we appreciate you. He said he listens to the pod and he knows I love the movie. So he randomly tweeted me the link. And like 20 minutes before he did that, I had just found out. So I was like, holy that's shit. That's awesome. Like the timing's great. And as he sent me that, I was watching the movie. So it couldn't have worked out any better from a timing perspective. And I was like, shit, I guess I got to watch this movie twice in a week. Uh-oh, shucks. <laughs> So, Yo, what a problem to have. I know. So I'm going to get to watch my favorite movie with the cast of the movie. You better believe my questions will be read. I'm asking questions oh. until they are read. <laughs> Good. I hope, I hope they at least get one. Sam Raimi confirms that he's directing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's why I said pizza time, baby. Yeah. I, 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 I thought it was a Newton Ninja Turtles reference, actually. No, because you remember he comes up to it with eight boxes of pizza. Yeah. Pizza time. Yeah. You're late. It's free. <laughs> so 
I, I think this is actually a great choice. I, I, Sam Raimi's obviously is a big comic book guy, and he said before, like, his regret is the studio forcing Venom on him. So it's like, I can't even blame him fully for Venom 3 now, or Spider-Man, first, 3. Um, Spider-Man 3. So I'm like, you know what? He deserves another chance. So I'm, I'm all for this. I also like it. I, I like Sam Raimi's work. The original Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2 is probably still the best Spider-Man movie ever made. Um it's your, my favorite. The original Spider-Man still holds up, even though it's the the CG is bad, and there's like the one poster with the twin towers and shit like that. Like there's they yes. plugged in the one scene with like the American flag in the background. Like it's pretty cheese, but the Macho Man Randy Savage is in it, and I love it, dude. What is it? Bo- and Bruce, you know Bruce Campbell's the announcer to that. Oh shit! I, I, I didn't just, know. That. I just found out today. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! I didn't recognize him. What's his name again? Bruce. Um, Bruce Campbell. No, 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 no. Macho. Bed. Macho Man, I know that. Macho Man in the movie. Oh, Randy Savage? Yeah, what's his name? Um, bu- bu- oh, I, oh, from the movie? Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, the Saw? The Saw guy? Bone Crusher? Bone Saw? Bone Saw. Bones? Bone Saw, yeah. <laughs> so good. Dude, the Macho Man. I like that. I'm happy for Sam Raimi. I'm happy that he's back in the Marvel, back in the comic book realm. Um, I saw that movie in eighth grade, the day of my eighth grade trip on the spirit of Philadelphia with Ryan, with Ryan Popejoy and Mike Robbins. So shout out to those dudes. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, I talked to Ashley that day. We were, I was 12. She was 11, maybe 10. Wow. And that's how far back my wife and I go. Uh, again, I remember weird shit, but psyched on this. Good for Sam Raimi and honestly good for the MCU. Dr. Strange sequel was in a little bit of limbo there. It's going through uncharted levels of limbo with the directors. Happy they found one. He kind of yeah, confirmed so. it like casually, though. It was weird. Yeah, like he probably didn't even like need to say it. Like I think it was already kind of. But I guess he just wanted to say something, get people hyped about it, which I think was the right move. Yeah, of course. I mean, right now we need a glimpse or a glimmer, and we got it. So that's that's really yeah. nice. We also got another glimpse and glimmer in the TV section. Uh, lead it off with Sam's impressions on this one. We reported. Uh, I don't know, maybe a little over a month ago um, that bad robot JJ Abrams uh, production company was picked up by HBO um, and that they agreed to some projects. And we had speculated that one of those was going to be justice league dark. And it turns out that HBO max, the rumors were true has, has greenlit a justice league dark series from bad robot. Of course, I'm super excited for this. Uh, I I love Justice League Dark. I mean, it, now it's just what character. Obviously, it's way too early to tell. It's what what members of the Justice League Dark. We're gonna get Constantine. Are we gonna get Swamp Thing, Dead Man, Satana? So there's so much to choose from. Now this now I hate to admit this, but now it's like, <sighs> do I get HBO Max? Because I'm going to need to see this series. You could wait till the series all comes out and then do a free trial. <laughs> Yeah, which I might have to do. It just, you know, it's hard these days to avoid spoilers. And, you know, I want to be surprised and Yo, stuff like that. 15 bucks a month is, is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a hurt piece. Now, if you have HBO, which your boy does, you get it for free. So I have the option to give you my logins. I'm not, I don't know yet. I don't know if I want to break the law on a podcast. I don't yeah. think it's actually breaking the law. Actually, No, no, I, no, you actually can share your account because I, it, someone else shared yeah. No, I know so, yeah. you got to watch Game of Thrones after you canceled HBO. So lucky yes, you. Um, but yeah, I, I got friends in high places. Mother. I think whenever. So if you guys out there that are listening to this pod, uh, if you watch this show, just imagine as you're watching the show, Swamp Thing takes two steps onto the screen. It's the same Swamp Thing from DC Universe. Okay? As it should. 
Derek Mears, as I should. I just want you in your mind to picture Sam creaming his jeans. <laughs> God, just, no one wants to do this. No, 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 that, no, 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 no. I want you to do it. As you're watching the no. show, in the back no. of your mind, just picture Sam with his O face. Like, oh, dude, what's funny was I just picked up Swamp Thing on Blu-ray for 20 bucks. No shit. Yo. Yep. Pop it, it up. pop it in the mailbox, man. <laughs> I, that's a show uh, I I gotta finish, man. I gave up an, after dude, episode two. I should start, yeah, I should rewatch that shit, dude. It was only ten episodes. It was cut way too short. I just really hope he shows up on this Justice League Dark show. Uh, something I'm looking forward to now. Rob Lowe is partnering with Ryan Murphy to create a series based on rawr, Tiger King, baby. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all I'm all out of that. I'm super happy, honestly. I'm super super happy that the Tiger King craze is slowly coming down. Like, yeah, it can be put down like Gold Yeller. I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus, fuck. I am, I'm slowly seeing less and less people talking about the series and sending me memes, and I'm slowly and slowly not putting as many Tiger uh, Tiger King memes in our Instagram story, like. Uh, I, I apologize for, to our listeners. Except for the I miss the old Blink-182 one. That one had me in stitches. Um, that fucking Carol Baskin. But uh, I, I'm psyched on this. I just hope that by the time this happens, that Tiger King isn't just another Netflix series that's gone and forgotten. Because it's not a show that you can make a season two of. The, the guy's in jail, so... Yeah, um, unless he's coming out of retirement. Joel, he's in jail. So Joel McHale... Uh, did an extra episode and it actually dropped on Easter Sunday. Um, happy belated Easter to, to those who celebrate it. And I was like, ah, oh, dude, new tiger King. I got to watch it. And then I realized, Oh shit. It, it was announced and came out after the whole quarantine situation. So this is going to be like a zoom call, isn't it? And it is, it's just Joel McHale in a bed with headphones on interviewing the members of the thing. And I was like, what is this talking dead? I was like, I'm fucking out. I watched 10 minutes and I was done. It was done. Right, good for you. It's Howdy. not, the, it's not the documentary. It's a fucking, it's a, I get it. It's a roundup. It's whatever. And there's new information shared and you can see, you know, the one dude has teeth now. It's like, of course they're striking while the fire's hot. I, I mean, just thought, you know, it was, why wouldn't you? I thought it was a waste of time. I would not call this an episode of tiger King. I would call this like the reunion special. Like that's what I would call this. Okay. But okay. of course the marketing machine Says, oh, new Tiger King episode, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm looking. Rob Lowe's hilarious. I saw him last May, actually almost a year ago today. Uh, I saw him um, live do a one-man show down in, down in uh, downtown Philadelphia. It was great. I'm looking forward to it. I just hope that the Tiger King hype isn't completely dead by that time. I have a feeling it will be. A free preview of Peacock, NBC Universal's streaming service, is available right now. And I wanted to give you a heads up of the shit that's on here. I won't go through every title, but I'll go through the stuff that's appealing to me as a fan and who gets it for free. If you have the X1 platform on Xfinity uh, with the remote you can talk into, you have a free trial of of Peacock Platinum right now or Peacock Premium. I forget what they call it. You just hit the uh, microphone button on your remote and say Peacock into your remote and bam, it'll take you to the screen. You can watch Law & Order SVU, Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, Blind Spot, all the Chicago stuff. My wife's super into that. Um, Days of Our Lives, King of Queens, Everybody Loves Raymond, Two and a Half Men, Frasier, Saved by the Bell, Cheers, Friday Night Lights, Psych, Monk. Um, what Some else? good stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, Murder, She Wrote, uh, Sabrina, the animated series for anybody who was a 90s kid. 
the Jurassic Park movies, E.T., Schindler's List. Um, uh, For you, Sam, there's um, American Psycho. So Blair Witch Project, you, me, and Dupree, if you want to cry a little bit. Um, They're getting The Office. They're getting This Is Us. They're getting Bates Motel. They're getting Pawn Star, Storage Wars, Roseanne, Knocked Up, Bridesmaids, Apollo 13, and also that reboot of the Saved by the Bell. They're like remaking it with the, the adults now. So there's going to be some good stuff coming to Peacock. But if you want to give it a shot, you get it for free right now. You might as well. I mean, who the hell? Whatever. You know what I mean? Um, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian is coming to Disney Plus on Star Wars Day, which is May 4th. This is a behind the scenes documentary about the making of The Mandalorian. That's awesome. Yeah, I think we're going to have to watch that one. Every single second of it. Uh, so it's close. It's May 4th. It's just about, a th- I think, three weeks away. They're releasing it in episodes. So it's actually going to be an episodic show. Oh, wow. I thought it was going to be a little special. And the way they said it was beginning on May 4th. They're going to do once a week. That, to me, man, it better be the greatest doc ever if I can't binge it. If I got to wait a week, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of I don't know how I feel that. It's like an epic. Like, I'm making a series. Like, I'll, I'll watch the first episode. I'll, I'll see what it's about. It, but if it's all boring technical shit, eh. I, we'll see. I don't know. I, um... When it comes to episodic I got documentaries, to play, guys. I, I, I got priorities. when it comes to episodic documentaries like Tiger King, McMillions, uh, Who Killed Garrett Phillips, I Love You Now Die, Amanda Knox, like Murder Docs, the Aaron Hernandez thing, like if it's done well enough, I'm in. But like just the the making of, I, I can't. That's a lot of cover. Like you got to yeah. do. I hope they don't do like um every episode gets its own episode. Like, I hope it's not a behind the scenes of every episode, which it's sounding like it is. I, I think that's what they're going to do. I hope it's, you know, and I don't it's know. It's going to be week by week. So maybe we'll it's see. just but two we'll or three. Say, maybe I'll, I'll give it a shake. Maybe it's just two or three episodes. You never know. They didn't say how many episodes the series was. So I don't okay. know. All right. Let's move into music. Uh, the new Angels and Airwaves song. All that's left to love is available now. And that's going to be the theme of the music section tonight, we are going to do a lot of, uh, this band is releasing a new song and it's available now because guess what? My friends, there is a shit ton of new music available. Yeah. Uh, so new angels and airwaves, new dance, Gavin dance, three wishes that actually, that video features fans. They actually reached out to their fans on social media, us included and said, Hey, if you want to be in our video, send us this. I didn't do it, but I wish I kind of did. Um, what'd you think of, uh, did you listen to the new angels and airwaves? Number one and number two, what'd you I, think I, of three wishes? I did not listen to angel and airwaves, but I did think dance, Gavin dance song three wishes. I think that's the their best one they've released so far. Yeah. They released four or five songs. I would imagine they're all off Afterburner, which sucks. Cause I've already heard half the fucking record. If it's that, if yep. that's true. Yep. No, they are. Um, but I, this is probably my favorite of the singles that they dropped yep. off of Afterburner. I don't think it's close either. Yeah. Um, the, actually, I think it goes from least to best of the five they released. I think I in, like in them in that order. Released. Yeah. In order of release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I worst, you. worst to best, but there's new dance, Gavin dance out. There's actually new, the used, the used has come out with a new song called cathedral bell. As a matter of fact, uh, the new, the used new record and afterburner from dance, Gavin dance, both come out, uh, soon next week. So we'll actually have reviews of those on episodes 184, 185, somewhere around there when we get a chance to listen to them. We're actually going to be provided a copy of the used new record. So I want to put that out there in advance that it will be 
provided to us as a review copy, but we grew up on the used myself, especially. So I've been hyped to review this for a long time. Yeah. And you definitely loved the way more than I did. I, I, I was just kind of a, a casual thing. Choke me, go ahead and download choke me by the used. It's their best song. Don't at me. Uh, house and home. The band will be interviewing next week. Their record find sense, feel love, make light is available right now. Uh, we talked a lot about that record a couple weeks ago. It's awesome. And Sam, a new story that I found out a couple hours ago that did not add to the rundown, or at least maybe I don't think I did. I don't even know. Uh, we're getting a new front bottom song, baby. Oh, Jay, you and Dom are happy. Everything Blooms is available tomorrow, um, and maybe even at midnight tonight. And actually, today, Friday the 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern. So if you're listening to this podcast when we drop it or s- close after that, if you're a front bottoms fan, Four o'clock Eastern. They're doing a Twitch stream. To quote, I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about, but that has me psyched. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Colin Moriarty. That's, Mori- that's cool. That's cool. Colin Moriarty also started a Twitch channel, and he's just like talking about GI Joes and shit. So I'm like super into it. I love it. It's great. Uh, so I'm super psyched on that. So we get new front bottoms, house and home, the used dance, Gavin dance, angels and airwaves, and also violence Soho. Dropped a record. Uh, if you haven't heard of them, please go check them out. They dropped a brand new record uh, on April 3rd. So we're about two weeks off on it right now. It's 10 songs, 34 minutes and 22 seconds. It's called Everything is A-OK. I'm thinking here like, so it's A-OK and Everything is All Right from Motion City combined into one. Awesome title. Yep. Love yeah. that. Um, every, or I'm sorry. Violent Soho is a band that, how do I put it? Um, you remember, you remember, uh, Melancholin or Goldfinger or Goldfinger? I know Goldfinger. Everybody knows Goldfinger. If you take away the brass from Goldfinger, if you just had like the punky nineties, punky Tony Hawk type shit, uh, like Superman without the freaking awesome brass section, you combine that with Melancholin, you get violent Soho, which is cool for me. It's like 2020s version of 1996. Like, I can't explain it any better than that. It's good rock and roll. It dives a little bit more than, I would say, a little bit more punk than anything. Um, so that kind of mix of alternative and punk. I'm really, really, really into it. Super psyched on it. It's Violent Soho. Everything is A-OK. My two favorite songs are Canada and Slow Down Sonic. So uh, I always give two, at least two songs of a recommended album. So I can't recommend this record enough. Everything is A-OK. Violent Soho, Canada, and Slow Down Sonic, my favorite two songs on the record. It is 10 songs, just over 34 minutes. You can stream it anywhere you'd like, and I highly recommend it. That's Violent Soho. Go check it out. Uh, Sam, before we get to your CGC spotlight, I want to hit on, actually, and the weight is the hardest part, I want to hit on something. The WWE, not only did we lose Howard Finkel, the ring yeah, announcer. Uh, the WWE actually released almost 20, I think right around 20, superstars, backstage yeah, talent, so. producers, creative. And um, I just wanted to, not like an in memorum, but this was the biggest cuts in one day in the history of the company. And there was a lot of names on here that mean a lot to me as a wrestling fan. Yeah, names even I know. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to all those who lost their job today or yesterday in the WWE, including Kurt Angle, Rusev. I cannot believe – I mean, listen, he got himself over. He's going to do just fine, but that sucks. Rusev, yeah. Drake Maverick, who had a very heartfelt, emotional 
uh, video on Twitter of his reaction to, to losing it. Um, Zach Ryder, uh, woo, 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 Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows, the OC. So AJ Styles no longer in a stable. Carl, uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows gone. Heath Slater, Eric Young, Rowan, Sarah Logan, Noe Jose, Mike, uh, Mike Kyoto, the friggin' referee who's been with the company since 1989. Is now gone. Jeez. Mike Canellis, Maria Canellis, EC3, Aiden English, Leo Rush, Primo, Epico, Lance Storm, Fit Finley, um, uh, Mike Rotunda, who is IRS. He's Bray Wyatt's dad. Uh, a lot of people lost their jobs. Um, and it's a real shame. I'm not going to get into like the politics of it. Am I pissed at WWE? Sure. From a business perspective, you know, you can say they got to do what they got to do. You can defend it, you can hate yeah. it. But it's just a shame, and I, my heart goes out to all the wrestlers that lost their job. Um, normally, I would say, okay, some of them are going to AEW. Like, The Revival. The Revival got released, for fuck's sake. My, one of my favorite tag teams in wrestling. They're going to end up at AEW. See, like, yeah, I, I feel like they fit there more than anything. Yeah, and so is Zack Ryder. He's a personal friend of Cody Rhodes. So, like, he's going to AEW. Cody already put out a social media post basically saying it. So... Like, oh, he's already poaching. Come on. That will happen. But here's the thing. With COVID, there's no wrestling going on right now. WWE is somehow stupidly recording live shows because they're deemed essential. Yeah. Thank so our president I read, I read for that. Um, so, but like AEW, Impact, uh, AAA, all these, they're not doing shows. They're not doing tapings. So like these guys and girls have literally nowhere to go right now. It's a, it's a shame. So yeah, really uh, we won't be seeing them on TV for a while because they're not doing tapings for a while. So my heart goes out to them and I hope they all land on their feet. I don't want AEW to just be the stomping ground where all the old WWE talent goes. So I hope yeah. that they pick and choose wisely. Um, and I just hope that all 20 of these people don't end up at AEW because then you're just TNA 2.0. So, but my heart goes out to everybody and, and it's, it's a shame. All right. Really is? The weight is the hardest part. My voice hurts. I can't sing it again. Uh, the Friends reunion special, Soul, and Raya and the Lost Dragon have all been delayed indefinitely. Yeah, I mean, it's no, no surprise. It's just, you know, damn, guess we're going to have to wait an extra year or two for the Friends thing. Uh, I think it's just like a pretty unscripted get-together. I don't think post-production is going to be big on that. I think that could still happen this year. I wouldn't be surprised. HBO Max needs it, so I wouldn't be surprised if they rush that thing out pretty quick. No, no, you're right. That's actually a good point. All right, Sam, what's your CGC spotlight this week? All right, CGC spotlight. All right, so basically for now until unless I guess I get other books, it's going to be a lot of Batman, so I'm literally just going down the line. So we'll go with Batman number 59, First appearance of Deadshot, Floyd Lawton, Batman in the Future cover and story, Joker from the Future appearance. It came out in June, July of 1950. It's a 5-0 off white pages. It's a Bill Finger and David Byrne story. Bob Kane, Lou Sire Schwartz, and Jim Mooney art. Bob Kane and Lee Sire Schwartz cover. Um, it's actually a pretty expensive book. Obviously, it's Golden Age. It's Batman. Last 5.0 actually sold for 1600 There's only 169 blue labels on the CGC census, with 9.4 being the highest. Highest, there's one on the census. There is two 9.0s, four 8.5s, and there's 19.5.0. So it's not too many on the census. Again, this is a, a Golden Age book. Usually that page quality is cream off white. I'm such a stickler. 
an OCD that I, I wait and I got lucky and I found the off-white white pages because, you know, I had to get all Batman's rogues gallery and I'm still in the process of doing that. <clears throat> so the stories we got, the first one is called The Man Who Replaced Batman. A new hero arrives in Gotham City and his name is Deadshot. His main goal is to upstage Batman and becomes Gotham's newest vigilante. But turns out he really wants to be the crime lord of Gotham. The second story, we got The Forbidden Cellar, legend of the cursed ceiling of an old Gotham building that is spread to the citizens who debunked it. They try to go in this, the cellar. When they come out, basically, they're in a murderous rage. And the last story is Batman in the future. After Batman and Robin capture the Joker, the Joker tells him that his ancestors were criminals, too. So Bruce asked Professor Carl Nichols to send them back in time to meet him. So that's my CTC spotlight for Batman 59, first appearance of Deadshot. And if you want to check out the cover of that book, you can see our Instagram post that we podcast and we know things. Uh, when we drop this episode and we release the um, logo that goes along every week when we drop an episode, we always throw in the cover to Sam CGC Spotlight. So just scroll over uh, in the photo and you can check out the cover of the CGC Spotlight this week. Appreciate it, Sam. Uh, trick, or I'm sorry, not trick, quick trivia Question. Earlier, I, I asked you, uh, the early November, the for all of this EP, how many tracks? Yeah. Second follow-up trivia question. No points. May God have mercy on your soul. For all of this, the titular, well, not the titular track. There is no track called for all of this. But the for all of this EP, for all of this is not only tattooed on my arm, but those are lyrics to one of the songs on the record. What is the name of that I, song? I always get it wrong. That's not the name Every of the time. song. I always get it wrong. Is is all, all I ever needed? No. All I ever needed? Nope. I always get it wrong. It's I want to hear you sad. Yeah, I, I should have went with my gut. I was going to say it and change it. That was going to be my trivia question for you tonight. The first one, I changed it to make Ooh. it a little easier. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> Which one of them was harder? I know you got the one right and the one wrong. Honestly, but... like if I had more time to think about it, if I would have went with my gut, it was I want to hear you sad. But right. I just want—I don't know why—I I always I double guess myself. There we go. Oh my god! All right, guys, uh, we are going to get out of here. That was episode 182. We'll see you next week for a bonus episode. Well, that'll drop the 27th of April, but you'll see us next week for episode 183. Stay safe, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, I can go play some Final Fantasy.